0: Starling Bank has been one of the great success stories of the recent fintech era. And on today's episode, Dave and Darm chatted Nick Druitt, Chief Commercial Officer for Starling's engine technology. It's a new role for Nick and an adventure in scaling up Starling. You can only catch it here on Dave and Darm Demystified
1: from the studios of NMD+ plus in the UK and US cuz the Dave and Darm demystify show Dave. Dave 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 Dave, Dave. Darn. 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 The Dave and Darm demystify show Make sense of the world of fintech and digital finance sit back and listen as the two d's take a subject and chat it through to make it clearer and easier to understand and now here are your hosts dave wallace and Darm mystery
0: demystify welcome everybody to the dave and darm demystify show and this week we have a really special guest i've been trying to tee this up for a while And so I'm super excited to welcome Nick Druitt from Starling Bank. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. Maybe we can start off with, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your role, and a little bit about your background, just to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. My role is the Chief Commercial Officer for Engine by Starling, a role I've been in for six months. So I joined Starling six months ago. Before that, I was a consulting partner at IBM for many years, spent a career working with banks, helping solve technology problems and business problems and knew I've been following the styling story very closely. And you know, an opportunity came to get on board last year, after Anne decided to establish the engine business. And so I came on board to help grow that
0: fantastic. I know you're new to Starling and obviously we're going to talk about engine mainly today, but how did the story of engine actually begin then? Was it there from the outset with Starling or did it come out as a result of doing Starling? And then, you know, obviously in that, if you can explain what engine actually is, I'm not sure everyone will be familiar, but we're all familiar with Anne and Starling, right?
2: Yeah. So when, Anne started the bank and John Mountain came on board to build the platform. They had strong views on how to solve the problem of old systems in banking and really get back to how engineers and bankers can work together using modern technology to make banking better. So the platform was built from the ground up as a cloud native, complete banking platform. And for very deliberate reasons, because there was no point in just getting a banking license and establishing a bank if it didn't actually improve life for the customers. And by taking advantage of cloud technology and modern architectural principles, a platform was built to run Starling Bank that is very, very resilient, as it should be because it's cloud native and uses the principles of always on you would expect you can use to create delightful customer experiences and employee experiences and the whole bank runs essentially on one system no one sees the joins in the bank the customer journeys are seamless the employee experience is seamless everything is presented to them as they need it so they can do their jobs effectively and as a result Sunny bank hasn't just you know created a mobile only bank It has built a bank that customers love, as evidenced by the customer service scores over the last five years, that runs very, very cost-effectively because we've got one cloud-native system and has very high levels of self-service and has never had a reportable outage because of the way it's designed. So that's how the platform came about. It was very deliberate that we needed to build something modern. Having built it, Then certainly the bank has grown very successfully in the UK. The strategy was to grow the bank as a bank across Europe, starting with Ireland and then going to Germany or wherever, but securing a European banking license through Dublin. But about 15 months ago, the strategy changed because I think Anne in particular realised that there was a better way of growing internationally, it takes time to establish trust and establish a brand and establish a customer base country by country. Better to partner with banks around the world to transform and launch new propositions or new brands where our role is the provider of underpinning technology on a software as a service basis. So that's when Engine was born.
0: Fantastic. I mean, it's a classic, Kind of homework question where you say well i've been in part of the bank and there's this fight between business and technology if you were to start again what would you do differently and yes you know in today's age you wouldn't think of anything other than to put something in a cloud native environment but the other thing that kind of gets hidden which i'm interested in as well is that you said it's one platform does that cover all of your products because we know that banks have multiple cores typically. And for a variety of reasons, they might have bought, you know, different cores for their loan system, for their mortgages, for their current accounts, etc. But is Starling running the one platform across all of its products?
2: Yeah, that's a great difference. So apart from mortgages, where we've acquired a mortgage business, and so we're building out the mortgage functionality into the core platform. So that happen over time. Technically speaking, there is a mortgage business that it's serviced on a platforms that we acquired. But the business of the bank, essentially, because the Styling bank does not yet offer mortgages, is all conducted on one platform. And that's not just the products and the ledgers, it's customer servicing, account management, AML, fraud, treasury, payments, card processing, call center. So you sometimes hear the virtues of a composable architecture so that you can take best of breed and not put all your eggs in one basket what we've built is in a sense decomposable in that all of the services are independent have their own databases speak to each other through apis so you can unplug them if you want and plug in something else but the starting point is a complete set of components that work effectively together and a management portal which is a single pane of glass with about 40 tabs for every department of the bank where the employees do their work, whether it's call center, onboarding, financial crime, disputes, and so on. And that's where they do their workflows, calls. It has all the real-time dashboards and MI. And that speaks to the same APIs as the mobile banking app. And so it's one set of customer data Presented to employees so that they can do their job well and presented to customers in a way that delights them.
3: So, you have the much fabled true single customer view in place. So, I mean, it's a powerful place to start from. So, that means your platform is running both the personal and the business. And, you know, you're just looking at those as different products, suites of different products which sit on top of that.
2: Yes. As you said, if you were starting now, you would take the opportunity to rethink different things, which is something that Starling did. So the concept of an account where one person has one account is slightly old fashioned. And the data architecture allows much greater flexibility. And you see it in the Starling Bank app, where we offer saving spaces, where you you can use the spaces functionality to put money aside for a rainy day or where you can put all of your bills all your direct debits and standing orders and just put one amount in and it deals with itself or roundups during lockdown we launched the connected card where you could set up a space with a spending limit on it and give a card to your neighbor so that they could do your grocery shopping you can imagine that that kind of flexibility in the account structure enables you to do all sorts of interesting things according to the business model of the bank So if you're a private bank, for example, you might use it to offer uh, read-only access to your accounts to your accountant or financial advisor, or cards with spending limits for nannies or yacht crew. You you can take it wherever you want to, and you can issue virtual cards to specific spaces. So it's got that kind of flexibility built into it that is different to just recreating old banking software in a cloud-native way.
3: So in terms of Engine, then, is all of that then available as part of the Engine product suite?
2: Yes. Our view is that what banks will want is the core services and the APIs and the management portal. They don't have to take the management portal. They could construct their own processes using something like Salesforce, They don't have to take all of the core services. If they wanted to use a different card processor, you can. If you want to use a different solution for AML, you can. It's all API. The one thing where we think most banks will want to build their own is the mobile app. So we're not saying take the Starling app and rebadge it, but the implementation to establish a new, let's say, Greenfield Digital Bank in a country, would be, we set up an environment in a cloud suitable for them. We install the core services and management portal, and they engage someone or build a mobile banking app and do the integration to the domestic payment scheme and some other integrations to say accounting and treasury and rate reporting. But that's basically what an implementation looks like.
3: In terms of customers that you're looking for, it's very firmly other banks. So you know i guess there's other players out there who are targeting retailers and other big brands in terms of providing products and services to enhance loyalty for instance but it sounds like engines are very much more bank orientated
2: i think that's the starting point because so far when bankers have seen it they get very excited particularly when they see the management portal which really brings to life the fact that there's one system And you can see the workflows and all the data presented the way it should be. But from our perspective, I think we don't want to restrict ourselves by saying we're just after Greenfield digital banks or neobanks versus re-platforming an existing bank. And there's a good market for non-banks that want to launch financial services products. So we're very open-minded. The platform is what it is. And I think it could be put... To use in a variety of different situations so
0: for example fintechs that might want to do credit scoring is that something that you could provide as a service to them
2: there are certain external data sources and fees that we take in sanction screening credit bureau checks and so on so our first implementation for example which i can't name unfortunately yet but is underway is an Eastern European bank, and it's an established bank that wants to launch a new digital-only brand in that country, which is a great first implementation for us. I think that's the natural starting point. Digital bank launches. As that gets proven and people understand, actually, this is very powerful, then we'll be looking at replatforming existing banks, because the business case is tremendously powerful. The Starling bank runs at a fraction of the cost of any comparable bank. For a variety of reasons, and I think banks have been worried about replatforming because over the last twenty years, you know, it's been described as trying to do a heart and lung transplant at the same time at thirty thousand feet. You get all these weird metaphors, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or changing the engines on the plane and all that. Yeah,
2: exactly. And there have been many examples of, let's say, troubled implementations. I think my view is. If your starting point is a target platform that works and is proven, the job reduces to fundamentally a data migration and decommissioning and a business change exercise, each of which is very, very manageable and solvable. So I think the problem becomes when you're implementing a gnarly old core banking platform that requires lots of configuration and situations like the Walker report on Co-op Bank public record, which refers to 15,000 change requests. And when that happens, the project duration balloons and management changes. And it's very difficult to execute an effective program with a stable target that we can spool up and people can start experimenting with very, very quickly. A big chunk of the complexity of replatforming goes away.
3: The bank in Eastern Europe, I guess. The real kind of job that they have is around developing, as you described it, the mobile through the customer experience, thinking about the brand, thinking about pain points and all that, and then working with you in terms of that implementation. But the point is, they can really focus on that rather than having to worry about a five year implementation process or whatever it is.
2: Exactly. Or... Integrating lots of discrete components in a composable architecture when, you know, actually it's quite expensive doing that. The shopping list for licenses that you need for (laughs) that kind of solution is very, very extensive. And there's lots of non obvious things that you have to add to the shopping list and you've got to integrate it all. And there are accelerators and frameworks and so on. But nevertheless, it's a very different exercise. And as you say, that allows you to focus on the customer experience.
3: In that instance, they're not relying on you for the banking license. They have the banking license already. So that's not something that you have to worry about.
2: Yeah, correct. And remember, because the bank was going through a European banking license exercise through Dublin, the platform is EBA ready. We've done most of the engineering work to be ready for launching a bank in the Eurozone. And the platform is modern as you'd expect. It's flexible, configurable APIs. It's multi-currency. So Starling Bank offers customers the ability to hold euros and sterling on one account. And when you make a payment, the terminal detects whether you've got euros and if so, takes it off the euros balance. Actually, as a staff member, I, I can set up 27 currencies on the one account. And that's just the limit that we've put on it.
0: I mean, the fact that you've got one platform across different customer segments, business segments, and products, that I think is clear Is that's your main differentiator against like the traditional software providers in the space, you know, like my previous employer, Temenos, and the Finastras, etc. So that's pretty clear what your differentiator is there in that space. And also the fact that you're born cloud native, not trying to make a transition to cloud native, which is you know, much more difficult than simply sticking your monolith into a container. I think you've got a very strong differentiator there with the incumbents. And in terms of competing with other newer platform providers, you know, the likes of like EM or Mambu or Bodino, how do you stack up against those, would you say?
2: Engine's been a well-kept secret. It was launched last year. So when people are drawing up lists of potential partners, they tend to start with Mamboo, Thought Machine, 10x, you know, possibly terminal still. So we're lucky if people are aware of us. We've been hitting the speaker circuit to just get the brand and get word out. How we compare with the modern platforms like the 10x's and Mambu's and Thought Machine's, fundamentally, the difference is it's the complete platform. It's not just the ledger. Now, they've done a fantastic job of creating the market for cloud-native banking platforms. But within that, there are also differences. Mambu is great, but has very clearly positioned itself as doing a particular job really, really well. And well, A, doesn't offer the full platform, and B, the accounts they offer, it doesn't have the complexity and richness of of what Starling's built. And we also remember Starling Bank has nearly 9% of the UK market for business banking now. We're not talking... Big corporates. You know, we don't yet do leasing or trade finance or anything terribly exotic or complicated group structures. But nevertheless, we've got half a million corporates as customers, so we've got all of that functionality as well um, for corporate onboarding and so. on.
3: Going back to what Dam said as well, though, about the fact you've launched a bank, but it's not just any old bank. It's a really very successful, highly awarded, great commercial. Experience, you know, so it's one of the things that I kind of puzzle over because my background is very much about customer experience. So I spent 20 years helping banks to deliver better customer experiences, and sometimes it's been like shouting into the void, to be honest with you. Whereas with Starling, you've been through that process of thinking about what it means to have a great customer experience and aligned your technology around that. And I think that's very different, but actually really right for this particular moment in time where. Experience really matters,
2: doesn't it? I agree. And there's another point of difference. There are pros and cons of being a technology organisation slash bank at the moment. There are natural concerns about will Starling Bank's demands take precedence over everyone else's? Are we really set up to be a software company? And the answer is yes. And the center of gravity will move over time as the software business grows and we take on more customers. But the benefits, I think, are huge, to your point, about our ability to share that experience and the lessons of building a real powerful brand and customer service. Because the answer is often not technology. I think my favorite example of that is the way we manage the call center, where we don't use... AI, we don't use IVR. There are no recorded messages saying, Have you considered using our award winning app? And that's because the engineers or the people that run the bank, the view is any call to the call center is a failure of the digital product. So we want to speak to people (laughs) and spend as long as it takes speaking to people to solve the problem. The call center agents have no targets, putting performance targets, there's no measurement of individual agent performance. It's a very powerful capability that we have to talk to customers, solve any problems, have a feedback loop into the digital product. And it's a completely different mindset where most banks have to come from to nibble away at cost.
3: I mean, I've just written an article which is talking about digital transformation and the notion of value creation rather than value extraction. And I guess that's exactly what you're talking about is how do you create value? You know, I love that idea that the call centre is there to talk to people, because that's what a call centre should be rather than people sighing and, you know, going, God, I've got to go through all this IVR and hating the experience.
2: Yes, and it makes for a good working environment in the call centre as well. Because the whole ethos and the approach is different. You're there as a key element of building customer satisfaction and trust. And being a digital bank, we have to work extra hard at building trust.
0: A good measure of any digital proposition is how well it works when you can't go through the digital channels, because that's the bit that we've seen the weakest in most of the other digital banks. So well done on that. But one last question, I guess, is how are you approaching the sales side of engine because this is a technology proposition that you're building out a true technology type business like you would have had at ibm or i would have been at terminus etc how, how are you approaching it Nick?
2: sensibly <laughs> i think probably that <laughs> in that it would be very easy to get very excited about the product compared to the alternatives But we also know that you live and die by your reputation and trust is very important. So each implementation has got to go very well. So our approach is very much to partner with organizations that have relationships at the right levels of banks and have the global footprint because we're still a small UK company. So we are partnering with consultants and systems integrators. And for them, it's a conversation with a client about the starting story, similar to the one that we're having now, is generally quite interesting and sparks ideas and debate. that's the way it should be compared to a product evaluation. We're looking for banks that want to partner with us to launch additional proposition or to transform. And that word is important, the partnership.
0: I 100% agree. I wrote about it last week. You know, the key to this is all about partnerships. I love this recording, so thank you so much for coming on board with us, Nick. It's been really interesting to understand what Engine's about, and it sounds like you're on the track to success, so wish you all the best. And again, I'd like to say thank
3: you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. Pleasure.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Darn Demystify. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault on SoundCloud. Be sure to connect with Dave Wallace and Darmish Mystery on LinkedIn. And until next time, ciao and have a marvellous week. The Dave and Darm Demystify Show is a production of NMD, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.